You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast, is back with 30 more songs and 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 songs that explain the 90s, starting Wednesday, May 17th, on Spotify. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets, and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to the Ringer Gambling Show. It's yours truly, Raheem Palmer, and I'm with my guy, Joe House, right now. We're coming off Game 7, Eastern Conference Finals. Really tough day for me. My beloved Philadelphia 76ers didn't get it done. But half the staff up here is from Boston, including the Pie Father. So, House, what you think of that game seven? Dream. You know, I'm not from Boston, and <laughs> every opportunity that I have, I, I root against them. But, you know, that's that's just from being down here in the DMV and being on the wrong end of a lot of that Boston mistreatment over the years. But it does not compare to the mistreatment at the hands of of the Boston Celtics by the Philadelphia 76ers. Dream, I really thought that the script could be different. That first half was really some kind of game by the Sixers. It was a good game plan. You had P.J. Tucker coming through. Even with Shaky Harden, I thought that the Sixers were going to be able to compete throughout that game. And then the third quarter rolled around, and it was uh, a disaster. There's no other way to characterize it. I don't know how we can be gracious to Harden. I, I, I'm having a hard time being gracious with Joel. If you need a bucket and, and you're, you're in the midst of a six-minute span without any points whatsoever, all of us who ever play the game say, you got to get to the rim. Go to the rim. Somebody's got to get the ball near the rim. you got to get some free throws. And you have the MVP of the league, a guy with a, a, a very proficient free throw rate. He's, he's a great free throw, free throw shooter, but he also gets to the line, you know, near double digits. How is he not getting 
touches that are going to help him get to the free throw line. I hate him at the free throw line extended. He was 0 for 4 from 3. He should have been 0 for 0 from 3, Dream. But this is a, a, a thing for the Sixers organization and, you know, the 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 coaching staff and the players themselves. They'll do their decompression on the whole thing. I just was disappointed that we didn't have a second half that mirrored the first half. That's the way I'll put it, Dream. I was absolutely disappointing. And, you know, the, the one thing I, I was telling Chris Ryan, you know, at halftime, Jason Tatum had a monster first half. I mean, 25 points, 9 of 16 from the field. And we were only down three going into halftime. So I was a little encouraged by that. And then, you know, in the second half, our stars didn't show up. And I think I just think, you know, sometimes it's about your stars. And a lot of people are going to blame Doc Rivers. But, I mean, obviously, Doc Rivers could have done a little things a couple differently, but at the end of the day, your stars have to show up. You can't have James Harden with nine points. You can't have Joel Embiid with 15 points, five of 18 from the field. And the one thing I will say about James Harden is, you know, Stat News put this out. Harden in the fourth quarter of games, five through seven, zero points in 32 minutes. That can't happen at all. You know, and I've made a lot of excuses for Harden over the years. This is a guy who he had to carry these teams as the number one option in Houston. And a lot of times when you play that heliocentric style of basketball, you get tired. But he didn't have to do that here. He had a co-star on Joel Embiid, and he still didn't deliver. So, very disappointing. I heard from the grapevine. He was out in the club last night in Philadelphia celebrating this loss. So, honestly, I don't want to see him come back. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, the podfather and Ryan Rossillo did the, the the Bill Simmons podcast overnight last night into today, which is w- w- what they do, always giving it to the people. Part one, part two. But during the course of that podcast, Simmons put to Rosillo between Doc and Harden and Embiid, uh, what's the over-under for that group in terms of who comes back? And, and, and you know, if you set the over-under at one and a half, do you take the over or the under on of those three who, who's back next year? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm taking the under. So Just you- because I... I just think it's just going to be MB just because I think Harden really wants to go back to Houston. Uh, I mean, hearing MB kind of, you know, like throw everybody under the bus except for Doc Rivers and Harden kind of encourages that, kind of encouraged me a little bit. But I just don't think you can bring Harden back. And I think Harden really wants to go to Houston. Well, part of the thing, too, is is definitely the Philadelphia fan base. Like, how can they tolerate uh, Harden now? To be fair, and we will have the benefit of of time here. You know, we're still with inside of twenty four hours, so the pain is real. Dream, I know it. Yeah, but everybody needs to like take a half step back and remember how it is that this Philadelphia franchise is in this moment, in this game seven, with this uh, arrangement of, of of players, and you you can't just dismiss out of hand. You can't. Uh, hang on Daryl Morey. You can't hang on Doc. You can't hang on Joel Embiid. You can't hang on James Harden. The fact that this franchise whiffed on two top three players in the draft. They blew Markel Fultz and they blew Ben Simmons. And it takes a long time to recover from when you miss on on the top pick in, in the draft. And Brian Colangelo was responsible for both of those misses. So, you know, if you want a glass half full, you say, look at it. This was the Joel MVP year. 
They were up 3-2 with a home game to close out the series against a team that was in the finals last year, a team that everybody put into the finals again this upcoming year. The odds at the beginning of the year and throughout the season all recognize the Celtics' superior talent, their depth, and their the likelihood that they're going to get back, especially with Milwaukee out of the picture. It's just disappointing to get that second half out of Philadelphia, and it does feel like the deck chairs have to be rearranged somewhat. But I think it's important to remember context-wise here, this team you know, uh, uh, is, is bumping into a limitation that's really not of, of its doing. It's a franchise limitation based on missing out on those first-round draft picks. That, that, that's just me sitting from my chair of objectivity here in, in the DMV dream. You know, that's that's actually fair. And then, you know, when you think about it, they actually missed on more picks than that because, you know, obviously guys like Noel didn't work out. Okafor didn't work out. And then when you look at the fact that Ben Simmons, number one draft pick, I mean, overnight, he just turns into nothing. And that forced them to trade for James Harden, who was a little on the older side. And now it looks like James Harden might walk. And then you got to also think about all the assets that they gave up for Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. They let Jimmy Butler walk. So you lose those assets that, you know, you traded for him. And then Tobias Harris, I mean, he might be one of the worst max contracts in the league. Now, I know he delivered yesterday with one of his higher scoring outputs in the series, but I mean, for him to have a max contract, you expect a little more from that. But I mean, we're moving on. Obviously, the Boston Celtics, they made the West Eastern Conference Finals. So, I mean, they're minus 550 favorites against the Miami Heat. What do you think about this series? So, we are going to have a chance to go through this one with with the benefit of our good brother, JJ, who is John DeShremsey. It's his birthday today, so we let him go ahead and, and enjoy himself. Make sure he had a full day, morning, afternoon, and evening. Me and Dream holding down the fort here for sure. Um, but the, the one thing I will say based on the prices right out of the box, Boston is a minus 550 favorite for the series. Miami is plus 390. The implied probability for Boston to win the series at that price is 85%. And the Heat is at, at, at their price, plus 390, 20%. The first thing I did was just bet the Heat. I mean, it's, 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 a, I, I, it's, a, it's a reflex situation. It's a reflex action. But that we've been seeing this in the market all playoffs long with this Boston team. They're that they're not an 85% favorite over the Heat. This is the third time in four years that that this these two teams have been matched up in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. And it, it it's, you know, it's the rubber match. The Heat won in 2020. The Celts won last year because Jimmy Butler barely grazed, you know, hit the rim on a three that was going to be, you know, uh, uh franchise altering potential. Uh and, and you know, everybody, the the, the pot we've all been talking about how formidable the Heat can be, the playoff version of, of the Heat. It's why everybody was expressing reservation, including the Podfather, about catching these Heat at the wrong time in these playoffs. Well, here they are in these conference finals. Once again, Dream, I think this this pricing is insane. Uh, 85% implied probability for Boston. I don't have it any really any better than like 60-40, and that, that difference to me comes down to Boston's depth. But what, what's your reaction to the series pricing? You know, the interesting thing is, obviously, these teams did play last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. It went seven games. And the odds were Boston minus 160, Miami plus 140. So that tells you about how 
these teams are seen much differently a year apart. And I'm not sure that these two teams, I mean, like to me, Boston is a lot worse. I mean, when you look at how they perform defensively, they're not the same team. Now, obviously the Miami Heat, they lost Tyler Hero, but it appears as though they don't really miss Tyler Hero. So I do think this price is a little bit high, but the one thing I will push back on is that I wonder if the Boston Celtics have unlocked something. You know, when you see a team in game six, they're down two without the ball with five minutes to go after a clear path foul and Jason Tatum's playing poorly. I mean, we're about five minutes away from people calling Jason Tatum the Donovan McNabb of the NBA. And then he just turns it on out of nowhere. Mm. So they escape that and then they have this blowout win in game seven. A part of me feels as though the Boston Celtics have unlocked something because these are the type of things that, you know, when you overcome it, you end up winning a championship. So my lean for this series is actually, you know, Boston Celtics. Like, I mean, I don't I, obviously I don't want to lay the the 550, but I think if you can get a minus one and a half, obviously that's that, that's not up on FanDuel yet, but it will be. If you get yeah. a minus one and a half or, you know, even a minus minus two, I think you're in a, in a good spot. Because that, that lean suggests Boston 4-2 to two in the series. That's how you win that that wager or pu- push the wager. And and the, the other big question, in addition to the notion that Boston might have unlocked something that, that, that just catapults them into a, a, a path that the, uh, to the finals, is we don't know the answer to the Jimmy Butler ankle question. And there's no doubt that since game one, his numbers in that Knicks series on the offensive end were like were, were pretty pedestrian compared to his numbers in that in that Milwaukee series. Now he still was a force to deal with, a force to be reckoned with. But we expressed this frustration throughout that Knicks series. Why were the Knicks not hunting Jimmy Butler on defense? And there was a game plan aspect to Tibbs' approach, and maybe it was a personnel thing, right? They only had really one creator in the form of Jalen Brunson for uh, the Knicks. Boston's a different cat altogether, a different animal altogether. And Joe Maz is learning on the fly. I suspect that they had some coaching staff, you know, in, in, in these days leading up to game seven, sitting in a dark room going through Miami tape because, you know, Miami wrapped on Saturday. You got to start preparing right away. And I think they have some game plan for trying to get Jimmy Butler to work on defense. And we'll find out. We'll know, like, I think pretty early on uh, Tuesday evening how, how that uh, ankle is looking, right? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and obviously, it, it has been, you know, about a week right now. So they were able to get some rest with them playing on Friday. So I, I think, you know, Jimmy Butler should be, he should look a little bit better than what we saw from him last week. Now, the one thing I will say is that last year we saw the addition of the Larry Bird Eastern Conference Finals trophy last year. Jason Tatum won the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. FanDuel has Eastern Conference Finals MVP odds up right now. You got Jason Tatum minus 180, Jalen Brown plus 310, Jimmy Butler plus 420. Are there any of these odds that you like? I think uh, of those three, it would be JB, it would be Jalen Brown. Um, be, because uh, I'm not laying juice on on anybody um, at this stage. I'm not I'm not paying juice on on a on an MVP selection without them playing a, a, a single game. So that takes Tatum off the table for me. And 
Jimmy Butler makes sense if you believe that they're going to um, win the series. And it's slightly better price. It's Jimmy Butler plus 420 if you buy Miami to win the series. It's plus 390. So that that has some some logic to it. There's a little bit of improvement. But I don't think the Heat are going to win the series. So I prefer, you know, JB at, at, at three to one. He really, um, over the course of the series against the Sixers, it was a very curious uh, sort of J- Jalen Brown experience because he wasn't sort of taking quantity of shots of what we kind of co- have grown accustomed to with him. And he was, he's, he's been, he was efficient and he was an important, um, you know, sort of cog in the machine, but he, he was fine with, with Tatum, you know, having the, the opportunity to shine yesterday in that game seven. I think that they will game plan into Jalen Brown getting his shots, getting his touches, and that would be the way I would lean on an MVP bet dream. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at that. I, I kind of like Jalen Brown. I, I think, you know, these two guys, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, they kind of been like 1A and 1B. You know, Brown doesn't necessarily get as many shots, but I think this is a matchup where, you know, he can dominate. So um, I do like that pick. You know, I think if you're going to play the Miami Heat, I think Jimmy Butler on the finals MVP is probably a good bet. Because, I mean, you're getting a little better better odds there. You know, one thing I want to remind everybody is that teams that win game seven are now just 36 and 49. That's 42% straight up in the following series altogether. And then when it comes to game one, teams who come off a seven-game series are 33 and 52. That's 36% in game one of the following series. So we typically don't see teams who win a game seven, such a massive favorite in the following series. So keep that in mind. But we're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to discuss the Western Conference Finals. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was... A kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. So we have the Western Conference Finals. 
Denver Nuggets taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. Denver Nuggets minus 155. Los Angeles Lakers plus 130. House, what are you thinking for this series? Yeah, so Dream, this pricing makes sense to me. This The price is right here. And I think I misspoke in the previous segment. The Boston-Miami game, game one is Wednesday night, right? So, so Boston gets a couple days rest here. This Denver Laker game, that's that's Tuesday night, right? This is the preview for the West on Tuesday. And every day of of rest for the LA Lakers is good rest. I think this pricing is fair. I think based on what we've seen over the course of the season and you know the sustained excellence of Denver in these playoffs, the way that they've handled their business. Um, the Lakers have, have basically been playing playoff basketball. Since the trade deadline, because after all the acquisitions that they made right around the trade deadline, they've had to to to, to perform at like a sixty percent w- w- win level just to get into the play-in and then win the play-in and then win their first round series uh, against Memphis and then and then take down you know the, the defending champs in in Golden State and it has been a tr- tremendous journey. I. I um, have been so impressed, and and the one guy, and we we I don't want to jump ahead too far ahead, but I do have one bet circled that I absolutely adore in the in this uh, Lakers Denver um, matchup, and it it it's a reflection of the excellence of Anthony Davis, because Anthony Davis has been the glue that's held this Lakers team together. He was the guy that got them across the the finish line in the regular season while LeBron had his foot injury. And then his excellence, the games when he's gone out and dominated, those have been the the ass-kicking Laker performances. And I was we were calling him every every other Davis. We were calling him every other day, Anthony Davis. But you know, he he strung a few together there at the end of that um Golden State series where he 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 showed how important he is um, to the Lakers and, and reminding the whole league, like, hey, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. I, I'm as, as, as good defensively as anybody you want to roll out here. You want to give Defensive Player of the Year um, to, to whoever you want. I'm right here. I'm in the Eastern Co- Western Conference Finals. I brought this team to this moment. Now, AD is very quiet and humble, so that so I, I'm filling in some blanks here. You understand, Dream. Oh but yeah, I, I I like the way this this Lakers team is is, is matched up against this Denver team. I, you know, I'm not mad at it. I think this is a very difficult series. And you know, for me, my first initial read is that the Denver Nuggets are probably being disrespected here. Um, you know, we look at this Denver Nuggets team. They have home court advantage. They were 34 and seven at home this season. I mean, like going into Denver has been almost an impossible task. And when you look at this Denver Nuggets team, this is not the Denver, Denver Nuggets team we saw in the bubble when these two teams played. Now, I mean, you mentioned Anthony Davis. He's been absolutely dominant. I mean, this is a guy averaging 21 points a game in the p- playoffs almost four blocks a game, 14 rebounds. And I think that pick and roll is probably going to be a problem for the Denver Nuggets. But, you know, when I look at these two teams, I feel like the Denver Nuggets have all of the advantages. I mean, this is this Denver Nuggets team, they have one of the best offenses in the league, scoring 121 points per one possessions. They're the better offensive team. They have the better effective field goal percentage. You know, when that Lakers team beat the Nuggets in the bubble, Anthony Davis, I mean, he put up like a historic performance. I mean, you're talking about 31 points, six rebounds, two assists, 
on like 55% shooting. And I don't know if, as good as Anthony Davis has been, I don't know if he could replicate that. And the one thing I will say is that that Lakers bubble team, they had a bit of an identity. And their identity was to play defense and get offensive rebounds. I do think they can play defense in this series. I mean, obviously, they've been one of the best defenses in the playoffs. But I don't know if they can continue to dominate on the boards. And I don't know if they're going to be able to score enough to keep up with this Nuggets team, who was one of the best offenses in the league and can outshoot them from three. Yeah, it's amazing. You hit on on all of the appropriate themes, and this is what makes this matchup so rich. Denver was the most efficient offense thus far in the playoffs, almost 119 points per 100 possessions in the playoffs, and both Minnesota and Phoenix were top 10 regular season defenses. So it wasn't like they were doing it against chumps. They did it against Minnesota and, and Phoenix, and they were they 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 took the highest rate of shots from the paint. They were taking shots from the paint, Denver was, at 53% rate. Well, on the other side of that, you have the Lakers, the most efficient defense in these playoffs. And they held two teams that were in the top 11 offensively during the regular season to 106.5 points per 100 possessions. That's handling some, some defensive business. And it's funny that we're like kind of in this position of trying to figure out from, from that bubble experience, like a lot's happened to Jamal Murray. We had bubble Jamal Murray. That was the absolute apex of his career. We've seen glimpses of it. He had a tremendous game six uh, against Phoenix, a series ending performance for the uh, uh, Nuggets in, in, in that moment. But like, you know, the, the, the thing with uh, Denver and 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 this is this is going to be um, a, a real test for for the Lakers. That matchup we saw role player wise because Denver beat Phoenix when Denver's role players stepped up, and you know that's been one of the prevailing themes for these Lakers these whole playoffs these 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 unheralded players showing up for the Lakers in this manner that nobody could Rui having Rui, you know, Hachimura getting, getting, getting off these crazy threes and the, with a great percentage Reeves has been making great contributions. Obviously Lonnie Walker is there. And then even some guys further down who are important to the Lakers getting to the finish line during the regular season, Malik Beasley, uh, Vanderbilt, those guys didn't make sense as much in that series against golden state, but they might make sense in the series against Denver when it's, it's got to be all all hands on deck. So it's a very rich matchup um, getting these two. I just want to get on, on the table. Uh, I, I'm, I wanted to be fair to, to, to the Lakers in, in sizing this up. I plowed in. I have three units right now on Denver to win the series. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I, I believe that Denver, with the home court advantage and with the depth that they've displayed all season long and with the Joker's uh, offensive efficiency, are, are better, and I like the price. I think it's a fair price right now. So I, I'm in there. But the way that, that I'm, I'm, I'm hedging it, and I don't mean to jump the gun, we talked about uh, MVP odds in the, in the Eastern Conference. If you look at the Western Conference MVP odds, it's Joker at minus 145. I'm not laying the juice, so I'm not playing that. And then both mm -hmm. LeBron and AD are sitting there at plus 340. To me... The guy that I think is the true like fulcrum guy is Anthony Davis. So I, I'm on the Anthony Davis plus 340 to win MVP because that's a nice hedge, I think, against that, that, that Denver position that I have. What do you think about that? 
I, I love that. I, I think, you know, the biggest thing about this series is that whoever wins this series is going to be because Nikola Jokic is the best player or Anthony Davis is the best player. To me, there's no in-between. I think those two guys decide the series. Um, obviously, it's good role players on each side, but the Lakers aren't winning this series if Anthony Davis is not the best player. So plus 340, I think you're getting a tremendous price on that. And then with the Denver Nuggets, who I personally like to win this series, minus 155 is a, is a great bet. And I think this line is is still a little too low. I mean, it was minus 145 at one point, minus 150. At minus 155, I feel like this line is short. So I lean towards the Denver Nuggets on the series pick. You know, I think it's interesting that you mentioned, like, some of these Lakers. It just feels like every single series, they have a guy pop up from nowhere. And, you know, this is a Malik Beasley revenge series. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he pops up and, and, you know, and pulls it off. Now, I mean, I think we both kind of agree on the finals MVP odds. It's either Anthony Davis or Nikola Jokic. I don't see anybody else. Do you think LeBron is able to turn back the clock? Obviously, he's going to have Aaron Gordon on him. He had a couple games and, and you know, the, the, the against the Warriors, and he did control the outcome. Um, I, I think in, in 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 game six, for sure. Game four and game six, you know, the way that that he kind of navigated, he's playing like you know, pilot of the big jumbo jet. And it's a pretty cool role to see at this stage of of, of his career. Um, there's no doubt that Aaron Gordon is the worst defender that he's gonna be up against thus far. Cause he, you know, we could say whatever we want about Dylan Brooks, but Dylan Brooks can can, you know get in that ass and that's how he's uh, all, all defensive team. And then he had Wiggins, you know, in this golden state matchup, you know, super athletic, super active. Uh, I, 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 the, the, the matchup was, was tough. Gordon is in a different class altogether. Nobody's going to put um, Aaron Gordon on an all defense team any, anytime soon. I yeah. don't think so. There might be an opportunity there. Um, I don't really want to bet on LeBron because um, I, I agree with you that, that, um, AD is is uh, really the the fulcrum player, but you know it might make sense to have a tiny bit out there on LeBron. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. So we got game one coming up Tuesday night. Denver Nuggets minus five and a half point favorites over under two twenty two. What's your thoughts? I'm gonna lay the points. I'm gonna play the over. I think this is gonna be one of those thin air. They get out. They get running. The crowds behind them. MPJ. Feels home. Michael Porter Jr. feels comfortable. KCP feels good. Catavius Caldwell Pope. Speaking of revenge games, he's got his opportunity. He won his ring with those guys in the bubble. So fun opportunity for KCP um, to go go up against that Lakers um, duo of Anthony Davis and, and LeBron. I just think you know uh, Denver at home. The points don't scare me, um, and you know the total, the way that the the the, the um, pace that that the Lakers and and Denver have been comfortable. I don't have any problem with taking the over in, in that. Talk me out of one or the other sides there. Talk me out of it. So I actually like the Denver Nuggets minus five and a half. I think, you know, when you look at this Denver Nuggets team, they're juggernaut at home. As I said before, 34 and seven at home. I just think, you know, this is a good spot for the Denver Nuggets to just kind of put their foot down. Now, you know, my friend over at the Action Network, Brandon Anderson, he made an interesting point about the Lakers. And he said that LeBron is no longer having fill out games. He's, he's just coming straight out the gate and trying to win game one. And you saw that against the Memphis Grizzlies and you saw that against the Golden State Warriors. Now, I tend to disagree with him. I think, you know, that first game against the Grizzlies 
Roy and Austin Reeves, that swung that game. And then I, I thought the Lakers were the better team than the Warriors. I think the Warriors were coming off that game seven. So I don't necessarily agree that, you know, the, the fact that LeBron James is not having these fill-out games is going to make a difference here. I like the Nuggets here. I think they're a better team. I think they go out there and stop on them. Now, when it comes to the total, market has this at 222. It opened at 223. My model makes this game... 221. So okay. I lean towards the under. Um, and the one thing I will say is that this Denver Nuggets team p- tends to play a little bit slow. I mean, when you look at all the, the 16 playoff teams, they're 11th in pace. Now, I mean, obviously the Denver Nuggets are hyper-efficient, but I think the way the Lakers win this series is going to have to be with defense because we all know the Lakers, I mean, they can't match up with them offensively. So I lean towards the under. I don't have an official play on that. But I do like the Denver Nuggets minus five and a half for, for game one. All right, we're we're together on that one. I, I'm leaning to the over because I lost too many um, unders in that Lakers Golden State series. I kept playing unders and kept losing those bets. So uh, I, I, I'm giving the Lakers firepower a little bit of a uh, deference, but but I understand maybe it's a stay away, and we let the we we let the, this first game show us the way to how they're going to play. Whether it's going to be a more deliberate version of Denver, or maybe a deliberate version. Uh, of the Lakers, um, but it, it is juicy. J- dream it. This has been the 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 revenge of the center year, right? We have Joel Embiid as the MVP. We have the Joker. We have Anthony Davis. I mean, the big man I- is back. Uh, it's a heavyweight battle, the, the heavyweight battle of the year. Nobody could could say that that anybody's playing better than these two big men. Um, I just can't wait to see it, buddy. Yeah, I can't wait to see it at all. You know, and a lot of times, you know, over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of talk about Jokic and how he's not performed in the playoffs. And he's finally in a position to where he's not overmatched. I mean, the last couple of years, you had Jamal Murray, you had Michael Porter Jr. banged up. These guys are healthy. And you you bring in a guy like KCP, I just think this team, you know, they have a real chance of winning the championship. And I think you can see Nikola Jokic finally, you know, get a chance to make his first NBA final. So I'm, I'm kind of for that so we'll see what happens we got a family play on the Denver Nuggets I'm pretty sure I mean JJ's not here but I got a feeling that JJ is probably on the Nuggets I'll ask him and I'll let you guys know (laughs) next time on East Coast Vias but that concludes our show y'all know how it's going down Joe House Raheem Palmer JJ wish wish him a happy birthday on Twitter if y'all got his Twitter wish my guy a happy birthday it's also House's birthday you know they got the same birthday so it's a family play with everything but you know yeah. how I was going well, down. Well, my, my birthday was a couple of days ago, but I, I celebrated all the way through. I'm still celebrating dreams. So it's, it's okay to put us two Tauruses together on today. That works, buddy. No doubt. Well, we got family plays all around East Coast Vice. Y'all know how it's going down. Check us later this week. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like Ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? 
ease. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.